Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Backroads Podcast, where we talk about living life fearlessly off the beaten path. With us, I have Brittany Tucker. She has her friends call her Brit, and so we can go ahead and call her Brit today. She is a life coach and a motivational speaker. Her passion is helping women ditch society's standards no matter what their age. Hi, Brit. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So please tell us about yourself. Yes, I am. I am a motivational speaker. So that's what I do. People always ask me what I do for a living and I get to talk. It's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. I get paid to talk. Um, but I think more importantly, um, I think it's, you know, I am talking with a message, right? Like we've all got a story. We've all got a message. And mine is just really sharing my story um, with other women in hopes that it will encourage someone along the way. That is amazing. Have you always known that you wanted to be a motivational speaker? Have you been doing it for a very long time? And what is that message that you're sharing with the world? Yes, I've been speaking for 10 years. Um, I My demographic has changed over the 10 years. I've done a lot of corporate stuff. Um, and now I'm kind of moving into more of, you know, women's events and women empowerment. And, um, and so my messages is really based on my life story, which was that I grew up the all-American girl and checked all the boxes. And I woke up one day and I was unhappy. And so I began this whole self-development, personal development journey, which I know you talk a lot about on your podcast. And, yeah. um, and here I am like six, seven years later. Later and I'm living my best life. So I, I want to encourage everyone else to go out and do that too. A wonderful message. You are speaking to the choir here, the people that do listen <laughs> to the Backroads podcast. They do. They're searching for that and they're looking for that self-empowerment to, to go out and live their best life. And I feel like a lot of people tend to feel like they need permission from an outside source to live that best life. What would yes. you speak to that? Yes. Uh, we, we as women are so bad about that, right? We're always looking for approval from someone else. Um, I think a lot of that starts from childhood. Um, a lot of that comes from, you know, where we found our worth from an early age. But um, but learning to to love yourself first, right? And that true discovery of yourself is going to help you be able to give yourself permission um, to go out and do that too. Absolutely. Yep. It all starts with looking at yourself and going within and crushing those limiting beliefs, right? Yes. <laughs> So can you speak to us a little bit today about connection and how important it is for us right now in this time of COVID and this time where we are forced to not connect? I think a lot of, um, first of all, I think anybody who's struggling with it, who's listening today, um, to be reminded that this is not only, you know, you're not the only person experiencing this. Yeah. Everyone else, the entire world. I keep reminding myself some days when I wake up and I'm like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what day it is. What am I supposed <laughs> to be doing? And I'm like, Brittany, this is affecting the entire world right now. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings me back home and, and grounds me a little bit. But um, but connection is very important. I mean, I think especially if you're someone who struggles with, you know, any sort of mental health issues, um, I think connection is very, very important during this time and, and finding different outlets and, and what works for you, you know, and maybe that's a virtual call. Maybe that's your, you're meeting your girlfriends on Friday night over zoom to have a glass of wine or, you know, um, I do a lot, I do a lot more walking right now. It's so interesting. Um, I do like two to three walks a day right now. Yeah. And, um, I think it just helps keep me, you know, in, in a healthy place mentally. And I always call people on the walk. And so I'm doing a lot of connecting that way too. 
Um, but I think we've got to look at it as, you know, we, we've got to make the most of the situation. And so you have to be intentional about it too, right? Like you can't sit around and wait for someone to pick up the phone and call you. Like who is someone you haven't called in a really long time that you could pick up and call as soon as you get off this podcast? Right. I love that. I love that so much. I love that you're talking about getting outside that fresh air and that movement of our body. Yes is so important as well as that connection piece. I'm so glad you speak to that and also encourage our viewer or listeners to go ahead and pick up the phone after this episode (laughs) and call a loved one they haven't talked to in a long time. They'd be surprised the outcome. Yes. Yes. It's important to do that. I feel like um, there's so many relationships of mine that have grown during this time, which has been a huge blessing too. Yeah, that is a huge blessing. So would you say that friendship during this time for you has kind of grown? Is that what you I think it has. I think it has. Yeah. I mean, people that, you know, before COVID happened were, you know, most of America, most of our culture, um, you know, especially, especially Americans, we, we go nonstop, right? We go nonstop because that is our view of success. Right. And so, um, so I think, you know, with COVID happening, it's actually allowing us to slow down. Um, and kind of reevaluate everything. And, and that's been, um, for me, not only growing the friendships, but kind of sitting with myself too and allowing myself to be still has been something that, um, that's been, I would say, a positive during this time. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. I found this to be a very, a very, like you said, a moment of stillness to like ask myself the tough questions. Like, what do I want my life to look like? Mm-hmm. How do I want to show up? every day. And those deep thought, those deep provoking questions, once you sit with them for a little while, the answers do start to show up. So I do definitely encourage people not only to reach out to their friends, but tend to their own needs as well. Yes. Yes. Journaling is a big one. If if you're listening and you do not journal, um, I I know you can speak to this because you're a coach as well, but I highly recommend starting with journaling. Yeah, I agree. Journaling, I mean, something about putting pen to paper, Mm-hmm. It's just so therapeutic. You just get it out of your head and get it onto paper. Even if you were to never read it again, it just does something for you. Yes. So what makes you feel most like yourself? That's such a great question. What makes me feel most like myself? Um, I would say when I am stopping frequently and asking myself, like, what makes me happy? Because if I'm following, and and we have a tendency to do this, right? We have a tendency to be a people pleaser or to say yes to things just because maybe we have the talent to do them or maybe, you know, someone we know that it'll be helping someone else out. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, serving is is, um, and love is one of my big values. Um, But I think when I can stop and frequently ask myself, like, Brittany, how did your week go, right? Like, reflecting on that like did I actually do anything for fun did I play this week right did I rest this week like am I truly making decisions that that make me happy instead of someone else happy oh I think that's beautiful my motto is play is the secret sauce I love it I love it do you play every day too (laughs) oh yes I get outside even if it's just for a moment it just does so much (laughs) It does so much to just get out of your own way for a little while. I um before I before I joined the podcast, I uh, we got a book a bunch of packages um delivered on my front doorstep, and I went outside to grab them and bring them in. And um, this is really funny. I'll share this, but I ordered a trampoline, and it just came in. <laughs> yes. 
I'm so excited to put it together when it, once once we finish recording, I'm like gonna go straight to that box and open it up, and I'm probably gonna jump all night long. That is amazing. Yeah. They're a lot harder than they look. <laughs> yes, they are. I got one of the mini ones. Um, so if you guys, if you're listening, if you're wondering why I got a mini trampoline, so there's a lot of studies behind it. Um, it helps with creativity. If you jump in the morning. It's also really good exercise. It's not as hard on your joints and it helps like drain your lymphatic system too. And it's fun. And it's fun, right? <laughs> I know, I know. As long as we don't break anything, we'll be good. <laughs> Check back in a week. We'll, we'll see how we're yes. doing. So yes, let's talk a little bit about travel. So this is yes. a podcast about living life fearlessly off the beaten path. So speak to us about some of the amazing trips that you've taken and how they've helped you grow or helped you overcome any sort of obstacles. I think I think travel is like the key to finding out who you are. I truly do. I truly do. I tell people all the time, just buy a plane ticket and fly somewhere by yourself and you will learn so much about yourself. (laughs) Um, Most of my travels have been done alone. Um, just for that reason. Um, normally I'm not a big planner. I'll just book a plane ticket and then I'll go. Um, I like to stay in places from two weeks to a month if possible. That way I can like really get um, connected with the community uh, wherever I am. Um, and so I've, I've been, I've been everywhere. I just like you have, right? Like I've, I think I'm up to like 14 islands at this point. I gravitate towards islands. Um, but I I've done Africa, you know, I've done Belize, I've done Bali. I've done, you know, just about, I think I'm up to all, maybe two or three States I'm missing in the U S. Um, but I have so many travel stories, but I would encourage anyone who's out there who's listening, like travel. Um, when people ask me what is like the biggest thing that has helped me grow as a woman, travel is probably in the top two yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, I, I think back to all my trips and um, if, do you, do you carry a GoPro with you at all? I used to, it did get stolen when I was in Indonesia. Unfortunately, I yeah. haven't replaced it yet. Yes. I take a GoPro with me everywhere. And I have found that what I do is I go back and and I look at all the footage from like my trips in the year and it's just, I put them all together. Um, and it's just such a good reminder of like the moment and the experience and the memory you have, but traveling for me is really, um, I would say it, it's not only helped me like come back home to myself. I know that's such a cliche statement, but um, when you drop yourself in a country where you know no one um, and it's like starting over, there's something so profound and powerful about that um, and being open and vulnerable to, to meeting people of different cultures, right? Or meeting people who are completely different than you. Um, but yeah, I've done, I've done it all. I've swam with sharks. I've, I've been on safaris. I've helped orphans in, in Africa, um, spoken to a high school in Belize. Like, um, at this point I'm like, okay, what are we going to do next? <laughs> what are we going to do next? That is amazing. I completely agree with you. Like getting yourself out of your comfort zone and showing up in a place where sometimes you don't know the language. Sometimes you don't know which way to go. And you're getting lost and you're having mm-hmm. to find yourself. It just shows you how strong you truly are because yes. we're all very powerful. We're all so strong. And I think being put in that place where you have to figure out how to get from point A to B, like even that is going to show you just how strong you are. So I love that you encourage everyone to just go on a solo trip because I think a lot of people are scared when they mm-hmm. think of the term solo travel. But I love that you're speaking to that. It is the most empowering thing you could do for yourself. And you don't even have to go to say all the way to Bali, 
no. to find yourself and to learn who you are. You can go to like a neighboring town even yes. by yourself and you just start to learn how, yeah, how strong you truly are. So is there a trip that is that sticks out in your mind as a trip that kind of helped you the most? Yes, it was Bali. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. Bali. I, I think it's everybody's golden magical place. Um, it's mine too. <laughs> I, I think it's, um, you know, we've been all over and there's something about that place that I think it has a lot to do with the people too, right? The people that are in and obviously the people who live there who are locals and their, you know, their hospitality and their love for, for tourists and expats. But the people I, I lived there in 2017 with about 20, 22 other people, entrepreneurs um, for the month. And um, we did everything from like workshops to helping each other with our businesses to, you know, scuba diving the shipwreck to hiking the volcano, you know. And um, I think that was a moment in my life where I was truly reminded that we're all connected in the world, you know. Here I was dropped in this villa with complete strangers that I was going to live with for the next four weeks. And uh, we left like best friends, you know. So, um, but I I think it's also being open to those things, you know. Absolutely. I do think there is something magical about Bali. They are just the most happy, most loving, most spiritual people. Like I found myself learning all about spirituality and Mm -hmm. starting to like, figure out what do I believe? Like asking myself that question, which I'd never asked that question before I went there. And um, the people there, like you said, they're just so loving. And it was a beautiful place. I could see myself living there one day. We're just going to put that out there. Yes. Yes. So I, my, my eventual goal is to, you know, live in the U.S. and then during the winter go somewhere for three months. That's the dream right there. Um, January to March, put me somewhere tropical. That yes. That's the goal. So how and where do you find courage then to stay out of your comfort zone? I think I have learned that your best life lives on the other side of what's scary. Okay. So anytime I've, I've stepped beyond what my comfort zone is, I, it always, um, you know, there's a couple of times I haven't had great results, but for the most part, like that's where these big revelations have happened in my life. And so to be reminded of that, like what's on the other side of this, right? Like what is on the other side of fear or the scariness or whatever it is, the roadblock that's standing in front of you, that's been helpful for me. I think having an accountability group around you is important. So, you know, the saying of, you know, you are a combination of the top five people you hang around, whether you like it or not. Yes, so, absolutely. so constantly reevaluating, like who's in your life, who's encouraging you? Are, are they people who are going to pull you down? Or are they people who are going to push you forward? Um, and I'm constantly reevaluating my inner circle and the energy that is in it because um, it has such a, a big impact on my life. Yes, it makes a difference. So how can we encourage people to lean into that discomfort as a life coach? I mean, you must have some best practices. Yes. Um, I One of the exercises I always, always use that I work my uh, work with my clients um, is I we list out like what the fears are, but we also list out what's the worst thing that could happen. I love that. Because if you can talk yourself, like literally when you write it out, you're like, that's not even that bad, <laughs> you know? Um 
I, I think I've done one before and, and this is very vulnerable, but I've done one and like, it was like, okay, well, I could possibly die from this. And then um, I was like, well, if, if, I'm, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go, you know, like at least I'm doing something that I love. And so I think when you sit down and you write out those fears, um, what you can do to overcome that, like when you have it out on paper and you actually look at it, it's it's really not that bad, right? It's all a mental game. I, I truly believe that it's it's your mindset. Um, that will take you where you want to go in life. Absolutely. Mindset is, I mean, if you can talk yourself into a better feeling place, if you can talk yourself being scared and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I love that you say putting your fears to paper because most of the time those top fears that we have will never come to light. No, no. (laughs) And so when you put it on paper, you get to be like, you know what? Can this really happen? Oh yeah. (laughs) So true. So true. Um, yeah, I would just encourage anyone, you know, who's struggling with maybe there's there's a speed bump right in front of you and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, just be reminded that that, you know, it's been done before. So almost anything you want in life, if you go out there and Google, you look it up. I mean, the greatness is we have the Internet these days, but it's already been done. <laughs> so if someone else can do it, you can do it. Exactly. That's yep. That's the number one thing. If someone else can do it, you can do it, too. And there's not too many people doing that thing like they're not you. You get to show up and be you. So I love that, that you're saying that. And so your travels, do you have any tips for people that are wanting to eventually get to going into traveling solo? Like any ways that they could start out? Um, I think, you know, obviously there's so many resources nowadays, um, there's, I use a lot of different apps, like when I travel, you know, keeping things organized and where I'm going. Um, but I think sometimes too, if we overthink it and we plan it out too much, then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like I like to like fly to a country and have like no itinerary and just like go with what comes. Um, if you've never traveled solo before, just start with like one friend, right? Like just start with one friend, go to a country you've never been to. Maybe there's, everybody has a bucket list. Everybody's got a bucket list. So (laughs) just close your eyes and um, book the flight. I mean, I think if you, if you book the flight, there's no turning back. Just book the flight. Yep. Once you book the flight, then it definitely makes it feel more real. And I can't wait until this COVID situation is at a place where we can leave the country again. Mm -hmm. I know that most of us that are avid travelers as love languages, we're like, can't wait to get out there. (laughs) I know. I know. I got on an airplane for the first time about two weeks ago. Um, and that was, that was the longest and I'd gone in 10 years. How was that experience? I haven't flown since COVID. Yeah, it felt so good. I mean, you know how it is like the airplane's home to me, even, even though I love traveling, like for leisure, I travel for work too. So I'm normally on an airplane about every other week. And so, um, it's been, it's been definitely different, but, um, but I flew out to Jackson hole for, for a work event and then, then played a couple of days and, um, the airlines are doing a great job of, you know, putting precautionary stuff in place. Um, but I think it's also one of those things where, you know, we can be smart about what's going on in the world, but is it going to keep you from living your everyday life too? Right. That's a great question. Yep. I love that right now. We're choosing to, even though we're not flying and going places, me and my husband have been choosing to go like camping a lot more Mm -hmm. and finding places that are near home that are like off the beaten path, like take a dirt road and see where we end up. I love that. Just to, just to get that fix in, just to get out of the day to day. Mm -hmm. And so 
So yeah, so I definitely say that you can't let this situation as serious as it is, you have to choose to still live your life. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that dirt road thing. And that, that goes along so well with your podcast backroads. <laughs> yeah. That's probably how the name came to be is because I love dirt road and just seeing mm-hmm. where it ends up. <laughs> cool. And so working on the road for you, how, how is that? Is it, have you found a way to make it so you can play and work or has, has it either been you go f- travel for work or you go travel for play or have you mixed the two? Um, sometimes I'll mix the two. So if I'm going somewhere that's like a really cool place I've never been or, or a city that I love, I'll definitely stay an extra day or so. Um, I always do it on the back end. So I make sure I get my work done first and then I'll play afterwards. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really good about, um, extending it a little bit if it's a really cool city. Um, yeah. and of course we have our favorite cities and what we love doing, but, um, I just love exploring, you know, it's, um, it's such a cool thing to just get out and see what's out in the world. And I grew up in a small town and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, being in a bubble my entire 18 years of life and and not seeing much. And then it was like my first glimpse of the world. And I was like, wow, there's so much out here. You know, there's so many cool people and cool things to do. And, and I haven't, I haven't looked back since. Absolutely. The only reason why I asked that work question is because I know some of the people that are listening are are entrepreneurs that are out there trying to do this work from anywhere type Mm -hmm. of lifestyle. I know that's my dream and what I'm aspired to. And it's just nice to hear how people kind of work and travel because you say you usually like to travel for like two to three months at a time and so in that time do you wake up in the morning and say like you said you get your work done first and then you go play or do you tend to find time to work in between like like a day-to-day I would work in between right so like maybe um depending on time zones too right like like who you're working with and your clients and what time zones they're in but I might get up and you know answer some emails and then, you know, go for a swim and then come back at lunch and do a call. And so mine's not um, specifically like blocks of time if I'm traveling and working. Mine's kind of like yeah. scattered throughout. But um, I do know yeah. people who, you know, they're they're more structured about it. And I think there's different ways. You know yourself best and what's going to work Absolutely. best for you. But I know people who get up and they're like, okay, I'm working from 8 to 12 and then I'm playing the rest of the day. <laughs> so. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely agree. There is more than one way to do it. And I love to hear that you say that if for you, you like to do a few things and then play a little and then do a few things Mm -hmm. and play a little because that tends to be the way I structure my day too. And I find I get a lot more done in the time that I do come back and bring myself back to working because I have had that fun. You know, I'm not just stuck in this moment. I can be a little free flow with it. Mm hmm. So how has travel helped you conquer your fears personally? I think it's just made me see what's out there. And by doing that, I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not scared anymore. There, there's, I mean, yes, there's scary people out there, but there's scary people next door to you on the street, you know? Um, I think it's just helped me be comfortable with being in a different environment yeah. And that says a lot when like you can pick yourself up and be comfortable in different environments. Like um, that that's that's a huge growth in who you are. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Just being able to be in a place that's new and different and mm-hmm. be able to get along with people. And that in itself is an amazing quality to gain from travel. 
Yes, I, gosh, I wish the only one of the biggest regrets I have, <laughs> I don't have many in life, but one of the biggest regrets I have is I wish I would have like written down all the stories I've heard from people, mm-hmm. like in all the different countries and places I've been, or like maybe done like a five to 10 second, you know, iPhone video clip of a person and put it together. Like there's so much I've learned. I've thought about doing that um, because normally I don't rent cars. I always take Uber and I feel like I've met so many people in an Uber car <laughs> that um, I, I, I literally have this in my mind. I'm like, I could write like an Uber coffee table book from all the Uber <laughs> drivers. Absolutely. And, I love this idea. Yeah, but they always tell me their story, you know, or um, it's so crazy how you can put two strangers in a car for 20 minutes and then it's just like opening your heart to someone mm-hmm, so quickly. Absolutely. There is something to that about, like you said, being in a place with two people and you're on a car ride and for some reason you have this time and you just kind of open up to each other and you share deep secrets sometimes. You like Mm -hmm. really open up sometimes and that is... That is amazing. I haven't even really thought of that before, but it is amazing how we could talk to complete strangers yeah. sometimes about something that we wouldn't even talk to mm-hmm. our like a friend about. Yep. Yep. Because the walls are down, right? Like there's no judgment there. That is amazing. Yeah, that's true. That has to be it. There has to be that feeling of an amenity, <laughs> like yeah. not that person you'll probably <laughs> never see again. <laughs> So yes, what you're saying is so true. And I love that you're talking about how much you love travel and how it's helped you just conquer fears and you're not afraid anymore. And I think that is something that travel can do for a lot of people is just get them out of that out of that fear mindset and into being afraid and doing it anyway. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Would you say that you're a spiritual person? Um, I would. Um I'm a Christian. Um, I grew up a uh, Christian um, and um, non-denominational now. Um, but I feel like the older I've become, the more I've learned about the world around me, the more I've learned about personal development, you know, self-improvement, the more I've been open to learning about certain things that can help me get there, you know? So whether that's energy healing or whether that's meditation or whether that's yoga, um, sound healing. I just got into sound healing, which is a new one for me. Um, but I think, you know, people connect with themselves different ways. And so finding what works for you is, I would say, take the time to explore that, you know, because what works for me might not work for you. Um, and that's okay. But, but being open to those things as we grow, I mean, you know, especially traveling with, uh, you're going to, you're going to encounter different cultures and, and different religions and stuff. And, um, being open to, to what's going on and observant, um, around you. But, but yeah, I would definitely consider myself, um, faith-based and, and spiritual based. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you were speaking to, there's something that works for everyone and then taking what works for you and putting away what doesn't, um, I think is the key piece there is that we all have what works for, what works for us. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing what, what you do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I love that you said that too. You were like, um, if it doesn't work, like it's okay to put it away and it's okay, like not to beat yourself up about it. Right. Like maybe this didn't work for me, but you gave it a shot. Um, and you tried it out and there's something to be said for that. Yep. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about sound bath? You said you just started getting into, 
um, sound baths and sound healing. I'm sure some people have never even heard of it. Yes. So it's basically, um, I've not done one in person yet. Um, I've only done it virtually. Um, but there, um, and I can share the guy that I use, but, um, it's basically, um, it's sound healing. So they use, um, and you'll have to correct me the name of these bowls that they use. Um, cause I know they do it in Bali too, but yeah, they're like the Tibetan singing bowls. Yes. Yes. So that's exactly what it is. And so you have like a sound practitioner who, you know, runs this instrument over these bowls and it creates a level of sound and, and vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain levels of this can actually create healing in your body. Um, and so it's it, it's a good emotional release for some people. For me, I, I will use it if I'm like stressed out, right? Or if I yeah. need to just have a good cry session. Normally I cry during these. Um, the ones I do are about an hour long. And so I'll turn out the lights and shut the blinds and put my noise canceling headphones in and just listen to the sound and the vibration for about an hour. Um, and most sound practitioners will guide you through it. So there's like certain types, like you could do one for, you know, emotional release or one for, you know, child parent trauma. Like there's so many different types out there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Even just for positive vibes, just that vibration in your body. Because they say our bodies are, well, not they say, it's a fact that our bodies are mostly made up of water. So these vibrations, these sounds that we're listening to, it kind of gives the water that's in our bodies like movement and Mm -hmm. gives them different shapes in a way. And so I love that you're speaking to sound healing and um, that work, that healing work, because I do believe in it. I have tried it myself and I think it's very powerful. Like you were saying that you've cried in most of these and same with me. I just such a release of like mm-hmm. pent up energy that just needs to go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I always I do would, it before bed. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely recommend if people don't know, just to, like, the world of Google, <laughs> we can get on there. And also YouTube always has awesome videos and for learning and going deeper. That's cool. Learning about that. And so where are you now? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. So this is where um, my thing always, people always say, where's home? And I always say, well, my things are here. My dog is here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this is, this is my home base. Um, I just with work and everything, I, I live close to an airport. And so as long as I'm close to an airport, I can live anywhere. But yeah. my home base is, is Nashville, Tennessee. How is life in Nashville right now? It's, um, I think it's, it's where it is everywhere. Um, I live in an amazing neighborhood. I cannot tell you how many times I've, I do gratitude every morning and, and I've written down, I'm so, so thankful for my neighborhood because people are still out walking their dogs. Okay. And they're still out getting out, you know, and even though maybe the restaurants aren't fully open or there's a lot of places closed, I still, there's community around me, you know, even if it's just passing someone on the sidewalk. And, um, and that's been, I think that's why I take so many walks during the day. Um, I'm an extrovert and it's like, Oh, a person, right. It's a person. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think it's like, it is just about anywhere in the world right now. Um, but we, you know, we have such a huge opportunity with what's going on in the world. This, this will, you know, never happen again. And so my question is, if you're listening to this is what are you going to do with it? You know, Mm. are you going to look back on this time? And it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to go accomplish something big, but what is it? What's the big lesson that you're learning during this time in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Today, my um, thing that I put out on my Facebook group, 
was for people to, even if they're not doing exactly what they have always wanted to do, plan to do, accomplish something, is to look at themselves and realize they're doing the best they can Mm -hmm. and to give themselves grace in this time as well. Because even though like this time we have is very precious and we're forced to kind of level up in a sense. A lot of people are saying level up, level up. Sometimes I think people are feeling the anxiety that are feeling that collective stress. I think they also need to give themselves a little grace for that as well. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Because even though we do, we might never get this time again, um, we're all feeling so much emotions and so much has happened and some of us have lost jobs and some of us aren't, you know what I mean? And some of us are home alone. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a person um, the other week on the podcast and they're still fully in quarantine lockdown. So everyone is just like, I feel like everyone is such at a different level that we do have to give ourselves grace. That's the, that's the motto for, I think this season is do (laughs) the best you can. Yeah. (laughs) Grace. Yeah. That's such a good word for this time. Um, Yeah. There, there is, there's a heavy energy in the air. There's a very heavy energy in the air and, and I think it's good to remind ourselves that, like, we're going through a world collective trauma right now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, people people are going to come out of this stronger. Some people will come out of it not in a good place. And so I think it's being intentional, right? Like, trying to stay yeah. as normal as possible, you know. Hey, if you've got a little morning walk, you do still get up and do your morning walk, you know. Like, yeah. make sure you're still eating healthy, you know. Um, because I think – what we do right now during this time is is gonna be a huge indication of where we're gonna be at when when we come out of this too. Oh yes, absolutely. What we're doing today is gonna determine our future. I 100% believe. Yeah. That. <laughs> so what habits you were saying? Like your one big thing that you do is a few walks a day. Do you have any other habits that are helping you stay positive? And yes, I do gratitude every morning. So um, I started practicing gratitude probably like seven years ago. And so if you aren't familiar with the art of gratitude, it is basically expressing things that you're grateful for daily. You can say them out loud. I actually journal mine every morning. And so it's three things. It does not have to be anything big. Um, It could be, I'm so happy the sun is shining today, right? Or I'm so grateful for, you know, my neighbors today. Um, But by doing that, studies have shown that gratitude actually um, decreases stress and it increases joy. And so that is something that I have not stopped doing (laughs) during COVID um, is making sure I'm getting up every morning and just writing down what I'm grateful for. Because despite what's going on in the outside world, like we still have so much to be thankful for. Yes, 100%. That practice I've... I mean, I feel like I've been doing this practice my whole life because my mother has always been all about be thankful for just the body that you have. Be thankful that you woke up today. (laughs) Since we were kids, she's always just told us that we're just lucky to just be alive. And so I just think, yeah, like you said, there's always something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Something as waking up, your eyes are open, sun is shining, um, anything really. So I love that you have talked about that practice because I think it's huge and we can all benefit from it. Yes. Yes. Um, there's so many, if if you're listening, if you don't know where to start with gratitude, there's so many journals on Amazon, just type in gratitude journal. Um, there's so many that will pop up and then there's, there's actually an app too. It's called the five minute journal and it will prompt you to write down three things on the app. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'll share some funny travel stories. Um, so I used to be a traveling consultant 
Um, and so that basically meant that I would travel um, weekly to offices and speak. Um, and so I did this for two and a half years. I spent maybe three nights a month in my bed. So I did not have a region. I covered the entire U.S. And so with that, I would fly like back and forth between time zones, like three and four a week, like just back and forth, back and forth. Um, with that being said, um, I had someone who booked my travel for me. And so um, <laughs> I was on my way to the airport from one meeting and I was in Nebraska at the time. I don't know if anybody is listening from Nebraska. Um, very, very uh, small airport there. And I needed to get to Florida um, for the night to be able to get to my Florida client the next day. And I was running behind and I was running late. And this was before the days of Uber. And so my taxi showed up late <laughs> and I literally looked at him and I said, you have got to get me to the airport like ASAP. Like I will tip you so much money. You have to get me there. I cannot miss this flight. So on the way in the back of the cab, I called the, the travel agent who booked all my flights and I said, hey, I'm probably going to miss this flight. Um, you know, can you go ahead and look at finding the next one? I've got to get to Florida tonight. And she paused for a second. And she said, Brittany, that's actually the last flight out of that airport tonight. Oh, and here this client was. They had closed down all these offices for me to come in. Like there was no way I could not get to Florida that night. And so, you know, my brain's like trying to work in the stress in the back of the cab, like taxi cab, if you can even imagine this. So I'm stressing out, you know, I'm sweating at this point. And then the taxi stops in the middle of the road. The taxi broke down. <laughs> oh, no. And you could, the taxi driver turned around and looked at me because I had already stressed like how important it was for me to catch this flight. And he literally looks at me with like this, you know, wide eyed like look on his face. He jumps out of the car, leaves the car door open, and starts running to the closest business. Okay. I'm sitting in the back of the car in a suit at this time, sweating still with my luggage. And I said, okay, Brett, we've got to make a decision really fast. What are you going to do? I popped out of the car with my suitcase and stuck my hand out to hitch hike a ride to the airport. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Okay. So this nice person pulls over um, and I know this is such a scary story for anyone who is fearful about being kidnapped or, you know, anything like that. Probably not the best decision on my part at the time being a young female. But this person pulls over in a Jeep and I said, can you please take me to the airport right now? And he said, it's on my way. Hop in. So I had a complete stranger literally speed to the airport and drop me off. All I had was $5 cash on me. <laughs> I just handed it to him and I took off and sprinted um, through security. Like, you know how it is like when you take all your jacket and your shoes and stuff like that off. And um, at the time, I was a very high status traveler on Delta. I was the highest you could get. I was diamond. And so when you get to that level, they will actually like page you over the intercom sometimes to make sure you get on. And so um, I hear my name as I'm going through security and it's like calling passenger, you know, Brittany Tucker. I grab everything like my shoes. I'm barefoot, barefoot running through the airport. So, I mean, you can imagine this point. I was like drenched in sweat. Okay. 
Um, and I finally get to the gate, like right before they shut it. And I was one of, I was the last one on like sprinted on with shoes in hand, like just drenched. Um, and so I will never forget that moment of, um, hitchhiking a ride to the airport. I don't recommend doing that nowadays. Um, but Hey, I had to do what I had to do to get there. And I made it to my client's office. So that's all that mattered. (laughs) Yes. You had, you did what it took and you acted quickly and, it paid off. And sometimes like, I know people are fearful of hitchhiking Mm -hmm. and doing that sort of things, but sometimes that's another part of getting out of your comfort zone and doing the uncomfortable things and praying that it works out. And (laughs) I'm so thankful that your story did end up that you made it, that everything was awesome. And it showed that there's great people in the world. I mean, there's good people everywhere. Like you said, you're in the middle of nowhere hitchhiking and this person's like, hop in, like how amazing. I know. I know. I don't recommend doing that nowadays, but hey, it worked out for the best. Um, yeah, I've done that. I've I've driven um, – I was in Oregon one time, and again, another episode of another tiny airport, and the, air, the only airline that flew in had like – they had like computer systems, so none of the flights were going in, and you had to go to Portland to take a red eye back. And so there was all these business people stuck in this tiny airport, and we all needed to get to Portland to catch our connections – so four, was there four or five of us rented like a van taxi together and the taxi driver drove four hours in the middle of the night oh, wow. to get us to Portland. So I was literally in this van with complete strangers, you know, no cell phone that service, backwoods. Um, that's another good one. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just got to, you know, think outside the box with traveling because you never know what's going to yep. happen. And you never know. And people mostly will prove to be good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sure you've spent the night in the airport a few times too. And <laughs> we all have oh, yes. those stories. Um, <laughs> but, um, but Delta, Delta is my main airline. They've been really good to me over the years and um, they always try to try to pull, pull through um, for me. <laughs> it sounds like you've gotten lucky quite a few times, though. Yes, <laughs> Some of yeah. the stories, it seems like you weren't going to make it if you figured out a way to make it. I know. I know. I'm trying to think of some other good stories for you. Um, I think a good story to share would be one from Africa. Um, so I did some mission work in Africa. And um, I went to a country, um, Swaziland. Are you familiar with where that is? No, I have not been there. Okay. So it is right above South Africa. It's actually, um, it's a landlocked country. It's very tiny. It's actually one of the last true monarchies in the world. So they have a king there. Oh, wow. Um, And I picked this country because it has the highest HIV rate in the world. And I knew I wanted to go help. And I said, if I'm going to go help, I'm going to take myself out of my comfort zone, right? Where I truly have to rely on something other than myself. And so I flew over there and did some mission work over there. And I worked with um, AIDS patients um, and I worked with orphans. And I remember um, they have school in Africa is very expensive. So most people can't afford for their children to go to school in the country I was in. And so they have these shelters almost like um, I feel like they're supported like financially by American companies. Um, you know, maybe charities and outlets and, you know, things like that. And so they had what they called like these homesteads. And so women from the community would volunteer to cook and like teach, even though there was like no curriculum. But um, I remember going to, you know, these places and 
the orphans would come. And that's kind of like where they would come daily for school. And it was so interesting because because Swaziland is such a high HIV rate, they have like over 400,000 orphans. And so you have like um, literally like six and seven-year-olds taking care of like two-year-olds. It's insane. And so we would sit every morning and we would wait for them to walk to get there. And some of them would walk like a mile or two a day just to get there. Like like tiny kids. Um, and I think that trip was a good trip for me to experience like um, – kind of kind of bring you back to that humble place right? right um like hey Brittany, like you know the times that you think are bad are just first world problems and i'm reminded of that so many times and that trip made a huge impact on my life i remember flying back to the states and i um i would just for like months after it happened i would just sit at the red light and cry and cry and cry and cry and there were so many things that I'd seen over there that I just hadn't talked about with anyone. But I think that trip definitely changed my life in a very humbling way. Yeah, that's super inspiring that you put yourself out there in that way to help people. Mm -hmm. And that speaks volume about who you are and truly inspirational. Thank you. Thank you. Africa, put it on your list. It's really great. Um, It's an amazing country. The people are amazing. And then obviously while you're there, if you want to play, go do a safari. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That definitely Africa is on top of my list. And going back to my home country as well is on my list. I mean, that bucket list just never stops growing. (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, we've got to make more time. Can we just travel like nonstop? (laughs) Yeah. So where can our guests connect with you further? I live on Instagram. So if you want to find me, yes, I have Facebook. Yes, I have LinkedIn. Um, but I currently right now with what I'm building in my business, I'm living on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is brighter with Brit. And that's two T's. Awesome. And we'll definitely make sure to put that on the show notes. And any last comments or feedback you'd like to leave? I would just say, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm grateful. My heart is full. I love the message that you're spreading and um, and the the lives that you are impacting. And and I would just encourage anyone who's listening today, like, you know, take the back road. You know, this is what this podcast is all about. Like, go take the back road. Don't take the the road that everyone else has taken. Take one that's true to your heart. Take one that's maybe foreign to you. And I can guarantee you by making those decisions and making them intentionally that your life will be way more fulfilled. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and sharing your heart with us. Thank you.